Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Let's take our Bibles, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Uh, as you're turning there, uh, just a word about last week we had uh, the governor that uh, spoke uh, concerning restrictions and cases going up, and then uh, the Baltimore County Executive spoke uh, on it also. Uh, both of those, neither of those touched the church, number one. Uh, and they kind of bury the lead for us. The headline for us is, uh, does this apply to the church? And we know that uh, they're focusing on those Thanksgiving gatherings, those uh, number of restrictions uh, in home and then uh, outside of the home. And then uh, you'd have to go back and either hear the Q&A or look at the actual uh, executive order notes that churches are exempt from this. Uh, and so I think there was a little bit of, of confusion about that. I wanted to be clear about that. And then this last Tuesday, one that did touch the church, uh, Governor Hogan uh, reduced uh, the capacities in businesses and churches, places of worship, from 75% to 50%. Uh, but I think that uh, if you know us, number one, uh, we have complied to every mandate, every executive order. Uh, and if you have uh, a, a good feel for the capacity of the church, uh, we're not even close to 50%. And we have about a, 150 more people that we can put in here before we touch uh, 50% of the capacity here. Uh, and so I just wanted to, to just touch on that. Uh, where it does touch us a little bit is our life groups and our Sunday school classes uh, complying to that 50% capacity. Uh, not that uh, we'll stop any of them. We just have to rearrange some of them. There'll probably be about uh, three or four different life group Sunday school classes uh, that'll have to meet in diff different rooms. Uh, and so that switch will be made this Sunday morning. Uh, and you'll probably hear about it from your life group teacher, your Sunday school uh, teacher in the next couple of days as we're looking at the capacity of those rooms individually to make sure that uh, we're within that compliance of 50%. But just keep your ears open if you're wondering about that. But, but as far as church, uh, it doesn't affect us at all. We still have plenty of room uh, and so I just wanted to make sure that we were clear uh, about that. Does everybody have Luke chapter 15? Luke chapter 15. We started last week looking at uh, Luke 15. In fact, uh, the context. We have to keep the context uh, in mind. You can't teach the text without the context. Uh, and the context of Luke chapter 15 was chapter 14. They were watching him, the Pharisees. The Pharisees watching him, uh, that they might find fault with him, that they might have to to accuse him. Uh, and it's not just an isolated incident. It's been uh, going on for 15 chapters, the Pharisees, the Pharisees watching him, that they might find fault with him, that, that they might have to, to accuse him. And, and then now, uh, in chapter 15, uh, then drew near unto him, verse 1, all the publicans and sinners were to hear him, and the Pharisees, and the Pharisees, verse 2, and the scribes, murmured, saying, they're criticizing, saying, they're nitpicking, saying, they're fault-finding, murmuring, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Look at verse number three. Uh, and he spake this parable, one parable, one parable, three stories, two paragraphs. Remember we talked about that, chapter 15. Uh, he spake this parable unto them, unto them, the Pharisees that were fault-finding, the, the Pharisees that were nitpicking, he spake this parable, one parable, three stories, two paragraphs, 
unto them, saying. Now, uh, the first two stories is about the shepherd, the lost sheep, that, that, that lady, and the lost coin. That's in the first paragraph. Uh, in those first two stories, he's trying to ex explain his love for the lost. Uh, his love for the lost. Uh, the 90 and 9, he's going to go after the one. Go after the one. It uh, doesn't matter how many he already has. Uh, he's going to go after the one. Uh, the, the length of his looking is determined by the level of his love. And then the second story, first paragraph, was uh, the lady with the lost coin. And so whether it's 1 to 99, uh, the sheep, or 1 to 9, uh, the coin, that's all in the first paragraph, he's, he's showing his love for the lost. Uh, now the second paragraph is the third story, one parable, uh, three stories, two paragraphs. Uh, the, the third story is about the prodigal sons, plural. And, and so where the first two stories, he was showing them his love for the lost, uh, the third story, he was showing them that you're lost too. Uh, you see, he wrote them into the story. Uh, those Pharisees, those, those critics, those, those fault finders, those that had a form of godliness that were hollow on the inside, uh, he wrote them uh, into the story, showing that you're lost. Uh, I have a love for the lost. Uh, and then he shows that, that, yes, I love that younger, that younger, uh, that lost. I, I also love the older, the older, that, that's the legalist who, by the way, is also lost. Look at it, verse number 11. And he said a certain man had, say it with me, two, two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto him his living, divided to them, to them, the younger and the older. And so prodded by the younger, but he gave to both. Verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. A far country. We'll get into the details, but, but he was distant from dad. Uh, he went into a far country. Now keep in mind, because of his right approach, the father's grace, the father's acceptance, he's reconciled back into the house. Uh, now, for the older brother, uh, look at verse number uh, 28, the celebratory tones, that fatted calf, that, that celebration. Verse 28, and he was angry and would not go in. And, and so where uh, the younger son uh, rebelled uh, apart from the law and, and then reconciled back into the house, uh, the older brother, that legal list, was rebelling under the law. Uh, was rebelling with the outside perfect, his uh, obedience to the rules perfect, but was rebelling. And where uh, the younger son went from a far country to being in the warm embrace of the father, where that older son, that older son, that, that religious set of rules, kind of a son, uh, ended up on the outside uh, looking in. And so uh, I want to look at not just one sinner who obviously needed the Father's grace, but, but the second sinner also, uh, but was oblivious to his need for the Father's grace. Put down point number one, if you will. Notice first, the family's actions are gauged. The family's actions are gauged, or we're going to compare the two sons. Uh, and two things about that. Number one, they are radically different. To an extent, uh, they are uh, radically different. Look at the younger first. Look at verse number 13. And not many days after the younger son, after that, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and uh, there wasted his substance with riotous living. 
And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, the way of the transgressors, hard. He began to be in want, lacked. Uh, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent uh, him into the fields to feed the swine, to feed the pigs. Uh, and he fain would have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him, yes, the way of the transgressor is hard. Now, that's the younger son, the younger son. Uh, you talk about someone who's so steeped in sin, so far from dead, uh, so obvious in need of, uh, of the Father's grace. But, but then look at the older son. Uh, look at verse number 29. And he answering said to his father, 29, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, I have served thee, I'm still serving you, and I've never, and so where uh, the older stayed, the younger left, where uh, the older obeyed, the younger rebelled, where uh, the older worked, the younger rioted, and when the younger rebel of a son comes back, reconciled into the warm embrace of dad, it angered, uh, it angered uh, the older brother because kill the fatted calf, uh, celebratory tones, Boy, it angered, and that older brother rebelled in his heart because of that. Verse 28, and he was angry and would not go in. So uh, would anyone agree that to an extent they were radically different? To an extent. To an extent, that older brother never left. That older brother still stayed. That older brother neither transgressed I thy law at any time, thy commandment at any time. The younger uh, couldn't have fallen off the earth any worse. But... To an extent, put down number two, they were relatively the same. They were relatively the same, where the younger uh, brother rebelling un, uh, 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 apart from the law, uh, the older brother was uh, rebelling under the law. And uh, it's very similar when the father in verse 28 went out uh, trying to reconcile with the older brother who turned his back and would not go in. Uh, it, it, it's very similar to how the father went out, and when he saw the younger son a great way off, he had compassion on him and kissed him and fell on him. And so, yes, radically different, but, but don't miss the fact that they're relatively the same. Uh, the one uh, saw, knew, obviously needed, needed dad's grace. Uh, the older was oblivious to the need for dad's grace. Is everybody with me so far? And so number one, we see the family's actions are gauged. The younger rebel of a, of a son going and, and trashing and riotous living. But then also, the older son, the older son is on the outside looking in. Put down number two. We see first the father's actions are gauged. Number two, the father's acceptance was grace. The father's acceptance was grace. Would that the older brother said about the younger brother, but for the grace of God, there goes I. But instead, he was proud about his appearance, and, and he was smug about his, his spirituality. Yeah, radically different, but, but yes, relatively the same. Now, look at the, the younger, the younger who went into a far country, a far country, verse 14, spent all, and there arose a great famine of land, began to be in want, and, and then he ate after the hogs. He was distant from dad, but then look at the response. Verse 17, 
And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's uh, 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 have bread enough uh, and, and despair? I, I kind of wonder if he was face down in the hog pit or uh, if he had one of the husks, if you've ever tried to even uh, eat a husk, the, uh, the corn cob and then the corn and then the husk, uh, eating those husks that the hogs wouldn't even eat. I wonder if uh, maybe he was still trying to uh, 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 feed himself with that when he realized how many hired servants of my fathers have bread to spare uh, and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise, verse 18, go to my father, come home, uh, come home. Uh, ye who are weary, uh, come home. And I will arise, go to my father, uh, say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And, and so here's his plan. Here's his plan. Uh, I'm going to go back to dad. Dad's got a huge heart. Uh, dad's got incredible grace. Uh, uh, dad, dad loves me, and, and, and I'll tell him, I'm not worthy to be your son. I just want to be as one of your hired servants. Hey, treat me as an employee. Look at it, verse number 20. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran, and fell on his neck. Protection, protection. Most think that he fell on his neck, he covered him with his presence, because the penalty for being a rebel, a rebellious son, is stoning. And so dad envelops him in that warm embrace, protecting him from any stones that would land or come his way. You talk about a dad who has a heart of love for his son. And so he saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck protection and kissed him affection. Boy, that loving relationship restored, that reconciliation brought them back. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Now, his plan was to say, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me as a servant. Make me as an employee. Make me as one of your hired servants. And I love the fact that dad's grace, dad's heart, dad's love didn't even let him go there. Interruption. Protection. Affection. Interruption. But the father said, he wasn't even able to say, make me as one of your servants. I'll, 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 I'll sweep the barn. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever needs to be done. As a servant, he interrupted. The father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand. That reconnection. The best robe would be the father's robe. The ring that was left there would be the father's ring. And so now... He's wearing the dad's ring and the father's robe so that everyone knows why they're reconnected. They're reconciled. Oh, yes, he rebelled for a while, but, but oh, yes, he's been fully reconciled. Uh, and God's not ashamed to be called our God, uh, uh, our, our heavenly high brother. Jesus isn't ashamed to call us brethren. And so the father's robe and, and the father's ring, that that reconnection, best robe, father's ring, and shoes on his feet, 23, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Celebration. Uh, for this my son was dead, and is alive again. Resurrection. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Would anyone agree that, that this must have blown his mind? <laughs> uh, we're sent, up, sent to the bound. Grace doth much more abound. 
Uh, he just wanted to be put on the payroll to be able to punch the clock. Uh, he wanted to be able to do menial tasks along with every other servant, every other servant, uh, to be able to feed himself with what he got. Uh, and his father blew that up, reconnected, reconciled. Uh, you talk about grace and love and a father's heart. But keep in mind, both boys needed that. Both boys needed that. It's just that the older didn't realize his need for that. Look at verse number 25. Now his elder son, the Pharisee, the Pharisee, Christ wrote him in. First two stories was about his love for the lost. Last story is about, hey, you're lost too, no matter how religious you look, no matter uh, how strict you think you are, are uh, you're lost too. Look at it. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, that celebration, that great supper, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto them, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, uh, because he hath received him safe and sound, and he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and, and entreated him. Listen. Just like the younger son was distant from dad, distant from dad for a time uh, until he trusted the father's grace, the, trusted the father's love, the father's forgiveness, the father's uh, acceptance. Now the older brother is distant from dad. He's also distant from dad. He would not go in. Look at 31. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. But it never says that he went in. It never says that he reconnected. In fact, some have conjectured. We know what happened to the younger son. Boy, the warm embrace of the dad. Uh, the best ring, the best robe, the feet, the celebration. Uh, back in that loving relationship with the father. Well, uh, what happened? Uh, what did the older brother do? Well, the older brother uh, quite literally picked up stones and killed dad. You say, well, where do you see that? Well, I see it in the fact that the Pharisees did just that to Christ. Oh, uh, they constantly nitpicked and fault find and, and, and were chipping and chirping and criticizing. Hey, they never did come back. Uh, and they ended up saying, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas, crucify him. And I may be conjecturing a little bit, reading into the story a little bit, but the way he wrote them in, that's what their end would have been. He didn't go in. He wouldn't go in. He was rebelling in his religion. He was rebelling in his rules, proud of his purity and arrogant of his obedience. Now listen, it always is interesting to me that the Pharisees, that, that Pharisaical religion of rules, it's not enough to be blessed by dad. That other brother has to be blasted by dad. Uh, it's not enough to, uh, okay, uh, my religion and my rules and uh, uh, I'm blessed. No, uh, that's not enough because they're measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves. But here, older brother comparing to the younger brother, uh, it's not enough for him to be blessed. That younger brother has to be blasted. That younger brother has to be done. That younger brother has to stay out. And so it's, it's always shocking to me. In fact, uh, the story about the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 20 uh, is likened to a man that is a householder which went out in the 
the early morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. And when he agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard a penny a day, penny a day, early morning. Uh, and the third hour he hired more. In the sixth hour he hired more. Ninth hour he hired more. Twelfth hour he hired more. End of the day, he paid them all the same. The response. They murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us? But he went into a far country. He ate after the hogs. He, he spent all riotous living, and you're making him equal to me? I'm a harder worker than he is. I'm purer than he is. I've kept more rules than he has. In fact, I'm trusting them where the younger brother was falling into the loving, merciful, gracious embrace of his dad. They aren't equal to us. We're better than them. It's not enough that the older brother is blessed, but the younger brother has to be blasted and, and judged. It's always, in fact, I'll take it a step further. Not only does the older brother have problems with the younger brother, the older brother has problems with dad. Uh, in, in that story that, that we just read, they murmured against not just the other workers, they murmured against the good man of the house saying, these last have wrought but one hour, and you've made them equal unto us. They're not equal. They're not as good as. They're not as religious as. They're not as holy as. They're not as pure as. They're not as obedient as. They're not as faithful as. Well, if you miss the problem of the older brother, you've missed the entire message of this story. If you miss the problem with the older brother, and I get, we learn from the prodigal, but if you miss the problem with the older brother, you've missed it. Put down number three. We have first the family's actions are gauged, they're compared, and then the father's acceptance was grace. Uh, his grace for the younger brother, he went out, saw him, great way off, fell on him, kissed him. But then also, uh, his, his acceptance and grace of the older brother, he went out, beseeching him to come in, but the older brother, who thought he was good enough, trusted his work, trusted his obedience, never would. Uh, but then put down number three, the faith's attitudes were growing. Their faith's attitudes, both of them had faith. Uh, now, the younger prodigal son had faith in the father's heart, the father's grace, the father's acceptance. Boy, he had faith in him. Uh, that older brother had faith in his works, his purity, had faith in uh, how strict he was, how obedient. He had faith in uh, how faithful he kept dad's command. He had faith uh, in that. And so it's not a story of one sinner who repented and found grace. It's a story about two sinners, one who repented and one who never did. Uh, one who uh, obviously knew his need, uh, the other who was oblivious to the need that he had. Is anybody following this at all? Well, let's keep it in context. Uh, let's keep it in context. This story is answering them, the Pharisees. He wrote them in. Uh, the Pharisees is the older brother. And by the way, just on the side, uh, when we cleanse and make clean the outside first, uh, it almost never leads to cleaning up the inside. 
that when we clean the outside first, it almost always delays cleaning up the inside. Uh, when you pray, pray on the street corner to be seen of men. You have your reward. That's what you wanted. You have that. Uh, if you're doing it outwardly, uh, when you're fasting, disfiguring your face, to be seen of men, uh, you have your reward. Uh, that's why you did that. Uh, when you give, sound the trumpet. To be seen of men, you have your reward. Uh, yeah, that's what you did it for. That's what you got. Uh, and so when you're cleaning up the outside first, you have what you want. People thinking you're spiritual. People thinking you're religious. People seeing you to be that. But when you cleanse the inside, clean up the inside first, cleanse first the inside of the cup, that, that, the outside may be clean also. When you're cleaning up the inside first, it almost always leads to having the outside clean also. And so again, the passage isn't about one center, a center that needs repentance, but, 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 but two centers that need repentance and one who never does. You know there's a big difference between reformation and transformation? Uh, reformation, an unsaved person can do that. Uh, reformation, someone who is godless can clean up their act, purify their life. And uh, reformation can happen as anyone reshapes or reinvents or, or reforms. That's reformation. Uh, transformation is always from the inside, always from the inside uh, out. Uh, and the incredible privilege and point of growth in grace, uh, the privilege and point in transformation uh, is not about just reshaping, not about just reinventing, not about just, just reforming, but it's about the Creator recreating you. It's about a holy God who's interacting with you, uh, and He's working out. He's transforming your life. Hey, listen, the goal isn't just to change this about the outside or change this about our obedience. Hey, the goal is having that personal relationship with a holy, heavenly, loving, gracious Father. Well, that's the goal. It's not just a prodigal that returns, but a prodigal that returns and a Pharisee that never does. The prodigal had faith in dad's grace, dad's love, dad's acceptance. The Pharisee had, had faith in, lo, these many years do I serve thee, his works. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, those rules. And so uh, both had faith. One had faith in the Father. Uh, the other had faith in himself. Right up here. Uh, someone would say, are you sure that the older brother represents the legalist, represents the Pharisee, and are you sure uh, that he's lost? Hey, don't forget uh, the question that he's answering. Look at it again. Uh, in verse number two, it was the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man receiveth sinners. This man, he's receiving sinners. He's eating with them, and he spake this parable unto them. Unto them. He spake this parable unto them. Uh, he spoke it unto those that thought they were religious and strict and, and clean and perfect and better than and holier than. He spoke it to them. He wasn't speaking it to the sinners that he was eating with, the sinners that he was receiving. Hey, he wasn't speaking this to the younger brother uh, who spent all riotous living. He was speaking this to the older brothers, those Pharisees. Uh, in fact, 
Um, we've already seen this story uh, the chapter before. Uh, we've already seen it. Are, are you sure the legalist is lost? Yeah, he's as lost as that younger son was until he came back, uh, warm embrace of dad. Uh, and, and, and listen, that older brother, he was angry, wouldn't go in when he heard about the Great Supper, that fatted calf, that celebration, that Great Supper, that fatted calf, that celebration. Hey, we've already seen this story in chapter 14, if you want to look there quickly. In verse number 16, he's already told us this. Then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper. Kill the fatted calf. Kill the fatted calf. Celebration. A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And so those that were invited refused, 21, so that servant came, showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, bring in hither the poor, maimed, halt, blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Boy, we've already seen this story play out in a general sense. Great Supper, uh, and those invited refused. They would not go in. They would not go in. The older brother would not go in, but the poor halt maimed the younger brother uh, who wasted substance, riotous living, eating after the hogs, boy, couldn't wait to run through the, the open arms of the Heavenly Father. And so the attitudes are growing quickly, both sides, uh, for, for the younger son. The younger son, his faith was in the Father's grace, and look at what grace grows. Write them in quickly. We're going to run through them. Uh, number one, what does grace grow? Service, our service. Uh, verse 17, and how many hired servants have bread to spare? 19, make me as one of the hired servants. In fact, uh, the father didn't take him up on that. Uh, the father said, no, you're my son. You're my son, which made his son want to serve him more. Uh, and that's what God's grace does. Uh, it produces prompts, service. Number two, humility. Humility, 19. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Uh, Jacob's attitude when, when God was changing him, uh, I'm not worthy of the least of thy mercy. Now, keep in mind, the Pharisee thought he deserved it. The Pharisee thought he earned it. Uh, the Pharisee thought he, he qualified it and, and merited it. The Pharisee had no humility. But the younger son, the younger son, uh, Abraham said, I've taken unto uh, upon me to speak unto the Lord, which I am but dust and ashes. David said, Who am I, uh, O Lord God, and what is uh, my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? Uh, Isaiah, woe is me, I'm undone. Uh, I'm a man of unclean lips. Daniel, uh, to the Lord our God belong mercies, forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Uh, Simon Peter, uh, depart from me. Uh, I'm a sinful man. Paul, uh, Christ came into the world to save sin, of whom I am chief. Well, when you're trusting and having faith in the Father's grace, way it brings not only service it also brings humility but when you're priding proud of those pharisaical phylacteries they made long their robe to be seen of men if you're proud in that way it's not humility it's a religious pride that may be the worst kind but no number three what does grace grow it also grows repentance i'm no more worthy to be called make me as one make me as one change me make me, uh, I'm repenting. Put down number four, closeness. Closeness. 
18, I will arise and go to my father. Uh, I'm going to go to my father. 20, uh, and he arose and came to his father. Uh, compared to the, the older Pharisee, the older religious uh, rules-oriented, uh, uh, the older brother was angry, would not go in. Boy, to me, the picture uh, that you have to have in your mind uh, is during that celebration, uh, that younger prodigal in the loving embrace of the father the rejoicing and celebration because he trusted the Father, reconciled to the Father. Oh, 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 but if you look out the window, uh, that, that older Pharisee, that uh, older religion of rules has turned his back on the Father and he's now distant from Dad. Put that number next. The honesty. It, it shows honesty. It grows honesty. 21, the Son said unto the Father, I have sinned against heaven. Uh, and in thy sight, a lot like David's penitent psalm where he said, I, I acknowledge my transgression, my sin is ever before me. Uh, against thee, thee only have I sinned. Honesty. Uh, number next, appreciation. Uh, appreciation, the father said to his servant, best robe, best ring, shoes on his feet, uh, and bring hither the fatted calf. By that appreciation and that love last. 24, for this my son was dead and is alive uh, forevermore. Again, uh, and he was lost and is found. And they began to be... Anybody remember Simon the Pharisee uh, when he had that supper? And remember that, that woman that had the past breaking the alabaster box of ointment uh, and anointing the feet of Jesus Christ and, and kissing his feet and washing his feet? Remember that? Remember that? Remember how close she was by the length of her hair? That's how close she was to his feet. The closeness, the closeness of the Savior uh, washing and kissing and anointing his feet while Simon the Pharisee off to the side, boy, if he knew what manner of woman this was, uh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't even let her touch, her, uh, touch him. Uh, he's receiving sinners. Simon the Pharisee, that one that, that thought he was so great spiritually. Uh, keep in mind the tag at the end was, uh, whoso is forgiven much also loves much. Uh, and, and I think it would do us well that if we realize no matter how, we relig how, no matter how religious we think we are, uh, we all are infinitely steeped in. We're infinitely in need of. Uh, his infinite grace, hey, the, the ground is level at, at the foot of the cross, and when we're trusting our right, all, all, all our righteousness is this filthy rags. Uh, and the only uh, way we ever uh, attain or or garner his righteousness is when we realize, I have none, I need his. And so faith's attitudes were growing. But then, not only in the younger son, his faith in the father produced all these, but the older son who had faith in his religion, his rules, his work. Hey, look what pride produces. Write them down quickly. Uh, number one, he was indignant. He was angry. Uh, number two, he was distant. He would not go in. Uh, number three, he was arrogant. Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time. I have never uh, broken a commandment, uh, priding in his purity. Uh, number four, disappointment. Uh, and I've served these many years, yet thou never gavest me. Yet thou never gavest me. Hey, this is what I've earned. This is what I've worked for. This is what I deserve. But then there was disappointment. There's entitlement. Entitlement, yet thou never gavest me. Uh, by the way, the older brother was thinking through things. 
I can't ever give you anything because you think anything that you get, you worked for, you deserved, you earned. Well, I, I do think that's why for salvation, but also for our spiritual walk, uh, it's by grace that we're saved. True faith, uh, not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, and that's where he was, entitlement. And then lastly, judgment. Uh, judgment. You've made them equal with us. Uh, look at verse number 30, and we'll end with this. But as soon as this thy son, not my brother, as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Look at 31. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It is meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother. You're totally missing it. You're totally missing it. Boy, he's not just my son, he's your brother, if you're a part of the family. Uh, he's not just my son. He's your brother. By the way, this is a sign that shows that he was as lost as the product. It, it's a lot like Luke chapter 10. Remember the Good Samaritan where uh, there was a certain man fell among thieves. They stripped him, left him naked, and he was half dead. Remember that? Uh, and there was a priest that walked by, passed by, other side. Levite that walked by, passed by, uh, other side. But then there was a Good Samaritan that came to where he was and picked him up placed him on his own beast, poured in the expensive ointment, the oil and the wine, took him to an inn and paid for, paid for, covered, uh, anything more, all paid for. Uh, and then the Lord turned to that, that legalist, that, that lawyer of the law, and said, who's the neighbor? Who's the neighbor? In fact, they said, which now of these three thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And, and he said, not Samaritan. Wouldn't even say the name Samaritan. Wouldn't even say uh, the Samaritan was that. Boy, so uh, much angst towards him. Well, I suppose he that showed him mercy. Boy, it's a lot like the older brother saying, this thy son, this thy son, wouldn't even acknowledge that, that he's my brother. 1 John chapter number 3, verse number 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren the brethren, we love the brethren. He that, not, he that loveth not his brother uh, abideth in death. It's not enough for the pharisaical uh, religion of rules to be blessed by the boss. The others have to be blasted. And I sure hope that uh, we're always at the point of, but for the grace of God, there goes I. But for the grace of God. Well, that's why we want to extend grace to others and love and kindness to others well if they deserve it no that's why they call it grace that's why they call it forgiveness because they don't deserve it just like we didn't deserve it we were at enmity with god we were rebels against god all we like sheep have gone astray we've turned everyone to his own way and the lord jesus christ extended incredible grace incredible grace and we're to be kind, tenderhearted, uh, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven. Even as, even as. Boy, let's make sure that, that we never shift seats from realizing we're the younger, obviously needing God's grace. Boy, don't shift seats to thinking 
boy, I'm that older brother. I, I'm perfect. I've never transgressed. I've served uh, all the time. This, boy, I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve this. Boy, you're uh, on the wrong side of that equation. It's but for the grace of God. There goes I. Is anyone convinced that this isn't a story about a prodigal son, but it's about two prodigal sons? Is anybody convinced? Uh, if not, I'm going to take up next week where we look. And so, uh, not just a younger one who, who knew his obvious need, but also about an older one who was oblivious to his need and never did repent. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.